0: Hello, this is Kumbasike. This is Connor, and this is episode 31. Today I'm chatting to Sam Conley. Sam is a personal trainer and a weight loss coach from Ireland. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good, Connor. How are you today, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, the weather's been quite nice here in Vietnam. Absolutely roasting. So I'm in my element.
1: Excellent. It's not, it's not exactly roasting here in Ireland, but the sun's out, so that's a start.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's good for you know the mental health and everything. So then Sam, do you mind telling me a bit about your background and how did you get started out in fitness?
1: Um, Almost accident, Connor, to be honest with you. Uh, I had been obese, heavy, bothered with my weight all my life, uh, from infancy, basically. So by the age of my late 30s, about to turn 40, uh, I was 21 and a half stone, uh, 44 inch waist, I had a list of health conditions on my lung that were attributed to my obesity, and I was in a really bad place mentally and physically, to be honest with you, very bad place. Uh, and then I had a wake-up call one Saturday. Uh, at this stage, I owned a, a motorcycle business, so I closed up my motorbike shop one Saturday I went to buy a suit for a wedding, uh, and in the changing rooms that day, it was like a thunderbolt moment it basically struck me it was the first day that i realized that i needed a 44 inch waist trouser to go around me Um, and in the space of about 15 minutes that saturday just felt like my entire world collapsed around me to be honest it was the lowest of lows that day Um, and that was the turning point that saturday afternoon at half past four so i spent the entire weekend um, being honest crying because I was so upset. Um, It was like the scales had been taken away from my eyes and finally see the mess that I was in. So I joined the gym on the Monday morning and I was not somebody that would have been to a gym before by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Joined the gym on the Monday morning, hadn't a clue what I was doing, but I was determined to try and do something. And five months later, I was five stone lighter, Um, basically by training pretty much every day On eating side of things, I didn't know what I was doing, and everybody that I asked seemed to give me a different um, opinion. So to be honest with you, I practically starved myself. I was so desperate not to be that fat person anymore that I practically starved the weight off myself. So I had five stone off in five months, and I made myself very, very ill, very ill. Um, I was training three times a day, I was eating little or nothing and for a while it was great because I was seeing all this weight coming off and I loved it Uh, but my body my body eventually gave up Um, it couldn't stick anymore so um, that was the down point I ended up with my doctor and I had the realization that I couldn't keep going as I was going so something struck me um, that this was all about nutrition that I had to learn how to eat properly so I started studying for my own benefit uh, just to, to help me never go back to be that fat person, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and studying nutrition then became my new passion. And I studied deeper and deeper into nutrition. And then people were recognizing my own journey. They were coming to me. So I was closing the motorbike shop every night at half five. And then I would spend the rest of the night helping other people to lose weight, basically. Um, and that's how the business came about. So I sold up the motorbike shop, opened my gym. And the rest is kind of history, there
0: Yeah, I see. That's It's great that, you know, you obviously you've had that Saturday afternoon where you realized, well, things aren't going the way I want them to. And credit to you yeah. for being determined to do something about it. You definitely just went for it. And in those first five months, just went
1: for you it. saw the difference. Yeah, just totally, totally went for it. All the old excuses that I used to make, that I was, uh, I was too busy, didn't have enough time, the business was too stressful, Uh, two young kids, all these excuses all of a sudden peeled and then significance. The the excuses just didn't exist anymore. Uh, It was just head down, sleeves rolled up, get the job done, basically. Nothing held me back.
0: What we often like to do on Cumbas CK is talk about um, the challenges that are faced. So if you don't mind then, Sam, when you're at that point, for example, in the suit shop and you're almost at your lowest low, How is your mental health being affected when you are 21, Stone? Do
1: you know what? um, I probably didn't realise, I probably didn't think about mental health at that point. Um, When I look back on it now, I mean, a a few weeks before that, I had contemplated taking my own life um, because I was at such a low point and I realised that my weight was driving that. So my mental health was rock bottom. And that's only seven, eight years ago, Connor. And to be honest with you, it just shows things have changed so much because even seven, eight, nine years ago, mental health wasn't being talked about in the way it is today. Mental health, even that short period of time ago, was a stigma. So if you had said to me at that point, mental health, well, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I, I wouldn't have even entertained the thought that my mental health wasn't good uh, just a few weeks before that Saturday. I was sitting at two o'clock in the morning, and the biggest decision I had was which of my two shotguns I was going to blow my head off with because I literally didn't take anymore. And that in my case was being driven by weight. I was a complete complete people pleaser. So everything that I did was to try and keep other people happy, to be a smokescreen, if you like, away from the fact that I was so unhappy with my weight. So I was trapped in a in a very abusive marriage. Um, that made me exceptionally unhappy. Um, I had a business that I didn't particularly enjoy. I had a member of staff working to me for over 10 years who was stealing from me in a really big way. Um, basically, my head was buried in the sand. I didn't see any way out of any of these things. Um, I was secret eating and binge So I would make myself sick at night by eating soap. Um, after a binge because I hated the feeling on my stomach of going to bed after these binges. So literally to the outside world, I was this guy, nice house in the country, nice business, my kids, all the rest of it, everything's great for Sam. And inside I was crying an absolute rubber and literally nobody knew, absolutely nobody knew. It was the loneliest place in the world. I had all these friends and at the same time I had nobody absolutely nobody so my mouth mate was shot to pieces for want of a better phrase
0: yeah I see and so then you're obviously at this point where you're extremely lonely you know you're having that with the soap so obviously things aren't going to plan what steps you're also an abusive marriage what steps do you then take to alongside yeah. this, to get back to the point where you know you feel comfortable in yourself again
1: that took a long time, to be fair. But the, the one thing I did know was that with every stone of weight that I lost, my self-esteem did improve, did develop. Um, so, I mean, within in that year, I lost seven and a half stone in total. Um, but within a year of the suit moment, you feel like, all of a sudden I was in a position where I wasn't taking everybody else's crap. I wasn't crying myself to sleep at night because somebody had called me fat or because I had just been binge. So I definitely didn't go from being 21 and a half stone um, and having all these issues and all these problems to being 14 stone and not having a care. in the world. That's not the case, but the 14 stone, Sam, looked at it in a very, very different way. All of a sudden I was going to be grabbing life by the bills. I wasn't going to be reactive to it the way I used to be. So within the course of that year, I walked out on that abusive marriage after one broken bone of many. Um, I sacked the guy that had been stealing from me. I was really honest with myself and decided, look, this business does not make me happy. I can't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Whereas helping people to lose weight and treating people, that's something that I have a passion for. So I within a year, I had left that marriage. I had sacked that member of staff. I had closed down that motorcycle business and I opened my uh, private transformation studio. So not like other gyms, a completely private one-to-one transformation studio because I never forgot the feeling that I had the first day I walked into that gym in my three extra large t-shirt and all the rest of it. And I thought there needs to be somewhere where people like me can come and change their life without walking in front of 50 or 60 other people. Um, so, I had this dream and this vision about setting up a private transformation studio. Um, and that's exactly what I did then, about a year later. So, it's like I found this superpower, like this inner strength. And all of a sudden, all these problems that I had, I was tackling them head on, where before I was burying my head in the sand, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I really actually like the fact that you did the one to one thing, because I was actually going to ask you about how it feels. if. You know you're 21 stone, you've never been to a gym yeah. before. How does it feel then? You know being in that point? awful. Yeah, I mean I can imagine. Yeah, it's the
1: worst feeling in the world. It's the worst feeling in the world, and you walk in and everybody seems to know what they're doing. Uh, and I mean, it wasn't the case, but it feels like the whole place stops and turns around to stare at you, and that took me back to school. Um, one of the, one of the worst memories I have of school. And apart from this side of things, I really enjoyed school, but one of the worst memories I have um, was back in the day doing PE at the stage where we had the, the bibs to differentiate between two teams. And one team would keep their T-shirt on and the other team would take their T-shirt off. And the thought of being on the team that took the T-shirt off, that haunt me to the point that I would physically be sick. And walking into the gym that day, that took me right back to that feeling again. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't that day, but it was after a period of time when I started to think about helping other people and so on, I thought, no, there needs to be somewhere. So my, my gym now is a completely private facility. You have three personal trainers and their three clients. That's it, completely closed to the public. And as a result of that, we've had some of the most amazing people come through our doors that simply would not have gone to a gym. But because of the setup that we have, because it's so private, and some of those people, Connor, have gone on to do the most amazing transformations, unbelievable transformations. And this is people who would have been completely intimidated out of going into a gym.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk more about the fitness side, what you're doing, uh, how you made the journey from you know first going into a gym then to becoming a personal trainer. However, just to yes. Just before I kind of go into that, I was fascinated with the whole mental health aspect and the abuse aspect. From a a male's perspective, do you think that, how do you think the attitudes towards male mental health and abuse Mm -hmm. men are? Do you think they're taken seriously enough? How do you think attitudes are towards those topics?
1: Um, I think they've been taken a lot more seriously than what they used to be. Um, and, and I mean, being in Northern Ireland here, I think we're a bit more behind the times even than everybody else from that point of view. I mean, the, the, the stigma that I have had to face um, because I left a marriage set aside the fact that I was being abused on it. Um, I mean, what I had to go through there, people crossing the street to avoid me, all sorts, it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous, and nobody should have to go through that. I've had to battle and spend tens of thousands of pounds on solicitors to fight to see my kids, which I should never have had to do. But yet I, I can't help but feel if those things were happening the other way around to females, there would be outcry, absolute outcry about it. Um, and my story is fairly well known over here. So I get a lot of men actually contact me that are going through, through similar things now to ask for help and guidance and support or whatever and my heart absolutely goes out to them so I think we're still way way off the mark way off the mark in terms of the whole men's side of things and how it's dealt with I think there's this persona too I mean the first person that I confided in that, that I couldn't hack things any longer and I was going to have to leave was my own father um, who coincidentally hasn't spoken to me since Because uh, it's not what you do, son. You man it up, son. You stick it out, son. How's this going to look for me? Um, So that's still very much the antiquated way of thinking that we have here in Northern Ireland, which is very, very sad. The prospect that at 40 years of age, you just resign yourself, that this is as good as it's going to be. Man up, son. Think about how other people feel. Uh, Put your own health, safety, happiness, mental health, on the back burner, they don't really matter. It's it's how it looks to the outside world. So, no, I think we're way off the mark, Connor. to be honest with you. I think it's getting better. It's definitely getting better, but I still think we're way off the mark on both points.
0: What kind of things do you think, I know, I'm aware this is a broad question, what kind mm-hmm. of things do you think we could do in order to improve attitudes?
1: I think people need to understand what's actually going on out there. I mean, when I talk and give my seminars in public, i be very, very open. Um, and I share some of the things that I have been through, whether it be my binge eating and secret eating, or whether it be the abuse that I've gone through or whatever. And I get people then come up to me afterwards and go, you know, I never thought that stuff like that went on. So I think people need to be educated. So maybe, maybe it's just more people like myself telling our story um, so that people understand what's actually going on out there. I think when people think of abuse in marriages, they just automatically I think of some guy beating his wife up, and that's just not the case. That's happening, and that's awful that, that that's happening, but there's so much more to it than that. So I think it's a, a process of education, and I think it's it's taken the elephant out of the room, I think, for a long time. I, I mean, I, it scares me to think how many people over the last few decades have have been stuck in the situation that I was in, And because they had been given the the same advice I was given, they literally put up with it until they went to their grave. I just think that's so sad. I
0: think that's astonishing. Yeah. I mean, credit to you for realising being open. And as you mentioned, a lot of men have also contacted you with their stories. So you're obviously sharing hope for others. So that's why I think being open is a vital thing that we can all do in order to change attitudes. I really like what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, completely. I think it's the only way forward, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the the textbooks don't cover this stuff. Do you know what I mean? This is emotion. I was being interviewed on a radio station um and I talked about my secret eating and my binge eating. And some of the phone calls that I had from men after that show, I mean, they just they reduced me to tears. I had I had grown men phoning me to say, I can't believe you've just been so open and honest and shared that stuff for the whole world to hear. I'm sitting here in my car crying because that's exactly what I'm doing. And there's not a single person in this world knows that I'm doing that. Um, And because I just talked from personal experience, that was resonating with them. They were going, Oh my God, I'm doing exactly what you said you were doing. You know, is there any hope for me? Can this be fixed? So I think you just, it's real life experience. That's why podcasts like this and everything else. I think that's, that's how we're gonna break these cycles and these stigmas because there's no point lecturing people from a textbook. I think you need to hear real life experiences. Um, I know some of the biggest transformations that, that I have done with other people. You know, the seven, eight, nine, 10 stone life-changing transformations um, that have been attributed to me. Those have invariably come from somebody coming to hear me speak in public at one of my seminars and being given hope that day, God, you know what? I'm not stuck with this actually. There's that guy and he's come through all this. So there's actually hope for me. I'd given up hope. Why was I considering taking my own life? Because I had reached the point of 38 or 39 years of age where I thought, this is as good as it's gonna get, Sam, and this is miserable. So I wish I had gone to listen to somebody like me speaking who had said, look, you're not happy with where you're at. Do you know what? You can change that. You're not stuck with that you're not happy with your marriage with your weight with your job with your business with your bank balance whatever it is you're not happy with those things that's okay that can be changed you know you're not stuck with any of that so i think that's how i think that's how we get the message across people yeah. like me and like you we give these things a platform um and i mean if i, I always say when i speak at a seminar if one person comes up to me afterwards and goes do you know what let's do this let's make this happen then that's been worth doing
0: yeah absolutely and you did change it which brings it nicely to the next point I was going to make is you obviously go back you go to the gym from being 21 stone and obviously that's you know at first maybe embarrassing or a bit of a struggle you then become a personal trainer so yeah. how, how do you then come from, you know, the gym being something that you have to do to becoming a full-time passion for you?
1: Well, the, the, the gym was just my life because the, the adversity that I went through in those first couple of years, I mean, I went through having to get rid of that member of staff and that was extremely traumatic. I went through closing down that business that I'd had for almost 20 years Um, and transferring into something. it's, It's one thing going to a gym. It's another completely different thing, having your own gym and training other people in it. I went through the divorce from hell. I went from having pretty much everything to sleeping on my shop floor because I lost everything that I had and I had to start from scratch again. So the one constant that I had in my life at that point that got me through was my nutrition and my training. So the gym was like a safe place. Um, I I said this in one of my seminars one day and somebody came up to me afterwards and said, look, I remember you being in the gym at that stage. And I had no idea that this is what you were going through. But I said one day that, I mean, I went into the train in the gym with a broken wrist one morning because my wife had broke my wrist the, the night before. And I can remember going in with my headphones on and I was so emotional. I couldn't even stand the music to be on, but I had the headphones in. Because I knew if somebody had even come up and said hello to me that morning, I would have broke down and cried. But, but I still I still had to go to the gym because that was my safe place. That was a, that was an hour that morning that I could feel safe. I feel like now some people may think that's sad that you have to go to a gym to feel that, but if you've ever been in that situation, you maybe know exactly what I'm talking about. So the the gym just became the thing that kept me alive, colour. To be honest with you that's what saw me through and i think that's maybe why ultimately i decided then to put myself to the biggest test of all and and compete to go on stage because i knew i could do the nutrition i knew i could do the training neither of the two felt like a chore to me i know some people that i would have competed against you know would have been complaining about all the amount of training i have to do and oh this eating so strict whereas for me that was my lifeblood i looked at that as this is class I love this discipline because it gives me something to focus on. And it's basically keeping me alive here.
0: Do you mind telling me a bit more about um, the competing side of things?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that came about because a, a guy who was mentoring me, a guy I ended up working with, um, he, I studied under, and learned so much in terms of nutrition. This guy is world-renowned but he planted the seed in my head because I was suffering from body dysmorphia. So the more I had lost all this weight, when I looked in the mirror, I still seen the fat person looking back at me because I had spent so long in that body, obviously. So he planted the seed with me. He said, look, you can train, you can do the nutrition. Why don't you take this to the nth degree and, and go on stage and compete, um, which, which seemed like something that you would laugh about initially. But I trusted him enough to think he, he wouldn't be saying this if, if he wasn't serious. So I, I set my stall out to set six months of my life aside and compete for my first competition, um, uh, which I went on to master Body Transformation Ireland, which was one of the biggest high points of my life because the two to three months leading up to that competition is probably when I went through the biggest amount of hell um that my divorce could throw at me and and that that show prep that competition prep that kept me going big time kept me going so it was a mammoth task to take on but the old sam i mean that wouldn't have been on the radar at all but this new sam all of a sudden it was a case of yeah i can do that and i had a lot of people try to talk me out of it said i'd make a fool of myself said because i'd come from being so heavy that um, I would never get any definition around my tummy and things like that there. But the more people said I couldn't do it, the more determined I was to do it, Connor, to be honest. So uh, I've competed now four times. Um, and it's tough, yeah, and all the rest of it, but I don't regret any of it. It's, um, I think it's made me into the person that I am today, to be honest.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, fair place to you for, you know, taking the step and thinking, yeah, okay, because it's one thing, you know, losing weight and going to the gym, but then, as you mentioned, the advice you got from your trainer, the nth degree, you almost went right. I'm gonna go all the way here. It's almost not just yeah, not just dipping your toe. You're really going for it.
1: Everything I just threw everything. I mean that. I remember that year, my Christmas dinner was 150 grams of turkey and a handful of broccoli. You know that there was no <laughs> there was no stone left unturned. That's I, I'm kind of a bit OCD about things, and that's maybe why I enjoy that sort of prep. If I'm going to do something it's done right. You know, it wasn't a case of let's just open a gym. It was a case of no, this is going to be a very specific gym that I'm going to open. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and my competing was the same basically. And I loved that about it, but yeah, I mean, I guess so many people come to me that maybe lose a bit of weight themselves and really enjoy their training. And they say, Oh, I'd like to do a show like you did. And you know, one or two weeks into it, they're like, no, this isn't for me. This is, this is not, not enjoying this at all. Um, I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. I completely enjoyed it. It gave me something to really focus on. It showed people out there how serious I was about my business too. Um, So I have no doubt that me competing brought me business because people knew that I wasn't just one of these guys that lost a few stone and decided to be a PT. I think people looked at me and thought, that guy walks the walk. You know, he's come from this really bad place and he genuinely loves what he does um so i think that that maybe was the start of me getting that i have a reputation for being no nonsense i mean i'm very fussy who i work with um if a client's not committed i will get rid of them in a heartbeat and i think that comes from that corner to be honest with you because i know what i was capable of and i want that for other people and the day that i feel i want something for a client more than they want it for themselves then we part company basically
0: Mm. no i like that attitude i think definitely you have to want to do it for yourself there's no point wanting to do it for i don't know a family member or to show off or look at me i've lost few stone you have to be completely committed for your own goals
1: you do yeah waste the time otherwise
0: so do you mind telling me about the practice you do now then um one-to-one training what's that all about
1: yeah so what, what i do now is i i coach clients one-to-one on a personal training basis um, so that would be for a variety of different things. I mean, some clients will come to me cause they want to maybe bulk up and put some muscle on, um, a lot of clients to be fair, will come to me because they're in the same position that I was in, uh, we have X number of stones to lose, or maybe they have some health issues or whatever the case may be. Um, so that would make up the bulk of my day in terms of one-to-one training Uh, But then I would also have online online clients across the world that I coach on an online basis too, which I've been doing now for about four years, um, which I really enjoy too because it puts people in front of me now that otherwise I would never have met, obviously. So, I mean, this morning I'm having a conversation with one of my clients in America and the next message is a guy in Scotland, you know, and then the next one is maybe somebody that only lives 10 miles away from me here. So it's really, really diverse. Um, because obviously not everybody can physically work with me in the gym Um, and how the online coaching came about was because a few years ago I was sitting with a I would have a very long waiting list um, to get in for one-to-one with me so this basically opened up my time to be able to work with other people then as well so it's it's very much a passion it's not I'm not a rep counter um, I see some PT sometimes and it's one two three that's not me I, I get the sleeve up and I get stuck into it I, I probably care too much sometimes to be honest i see some of my clients would tell you I'm too passionate but that's what makes me tick that's what gets me through 5am starts every day to maybe 10pm finishes.
0: Yeah it's a good job that you started the online say four years ago because obviously in this you know, Corona, pandemic, online has become the norm, but you've been well prepared for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, my online was flourishing and then um, COVID kicked in and my online exploded, absolutely exploded, um, because a lot of people, obviously, that maybe were on my waiting list to get working with me one-to-one. So that is an opportunity then. I mean, I had some contact me to say, I'm on your waiting list here, sir. don't know how long it's going to be, but listen, COVID's kicked in, your gym's had to close, uh, I can't go through two, three, four, five months, whatever this lockdown happens to be, uh, and still gaining weight every month, and I've had some spectacular transformations since March last year, some people who have completely and utterly killed it over lockdown, totally killed it. Um, so hopefully some of them now will be able to come and train with me in the gym when all this is over as well some of the ones that live closer so yeah my for once in my life mate my, my timing was good
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair I to you for you know seeing the opportunity so yeah coming to the end of the conversation then almost um uh, what are your aims for the future with your fitness journey
1: well, the, uh, the the gym will be an expansion plan because um, the model that I have there. If so many people send to me, look, this, we need one of these in our town or whatever. So it's going to be, it's not going to be taking over the world kind of stuff. But I have I have plans in the short term to maybe go to two, potentially three, um, of the same setup as what I have currently. Um, plans are in place already for one of those. Um, so as far as PT is concerned, I think I'm, I'm probably going to get even more fussy who I work with myself now, to be honest with you, um, because every year older I get, I think I tolerate time wasters even less. Um, so I'm I'm very passionate about who I work with from that point of view. As far as my online is concerned, I'm, I'm almost at capacity, Connor. I, I can't really work with many more clients than what I have. I've had to bring a PA on board to try and help me out. Um, but people, I've always made people the promise that when they coach with me, it'll be me they're coaching with. They don't want somebody that's deputizing for me or whatever. They want to, they want to deal with Sam. Um, So from an online point of view, I can't really do too much more than what I'm doing. Uh, My seminars were something that I really enjoyed. And that's like, it's like having my arm cut off for the past year, not being able to do those and they were starting to really build for me too. So I wanna ramp those up big time, much bigger audiences and maybe start pushing further afield. Just going and sharing my story basically for a couple of hours and trying to inspire and motivate people. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of work in schools as well because that's a bit of a passion um, coming from where I did. So there's the Lamavari High School, where both my daughters actually go, the principal there is exceptionally forward thinking on these topics. So he brings me in to do motivation work with the kids, to do fitness work with them, to do nutrition work with them. And I want to do more of that. Um, And then finally, I had written a book a couple of years ago, um, which I haven't brought um, to publishing as yet. I've kind of been sitting on it, Connor. So that's something that I feel the, the the timings kind of right now um, to maybe bring that out as well, so it's basically just what I've been through on my um, on my journey from fat to not so fat.
0: I feel like. So where can we find out more about what you do?
1: Okay, so um, www.samconleyfitness and conley is C O N L E Y would be the website, um, but probably where most of my interaction takes place, Connor. To be fair, is on Instagram, Sam conley Coach, and on my Facebook. Uh, which is just sam conley c-o-n-l-e-y and i I do quite a a try as often as i can to maybe jump on there and do like free lives uh, where i maybe talk about mindset or nutrition or whatever and i try and do that in both platforms Um, and they're always very very popular i'll do like live q and a's and so on as well so the the interaction i get with people on facebook and instagram is amazing i mean i get some unreal I've I've had a message from a lady this morning who told me that she started listening to me listening to my own podcast actually um, which is do or die um, the position that I found myself in a few years ago so she started listening to my podcast and watching my Facebook lives back in November and she said no she's not coaching with me I haven't given her a diet plan or anything else but the lady's lost two stone and she just took it upon herself to message me this morning to say "I just had two stone this morning sam and I, you know it's down to you so thank you so the the interaction to get on there is unreal absolutely unreal and it, uh, that's what inspires me to work so hard man
0: yeah of course so it's the end of the conversation here sam can i just say this has been a great conversation i've really enjoyed it i think from the story you've got where you've come back from such a low place to be doing what you're doing now where your online is booming, the demands there, and your story is inspiring so many people, myself included, is yeah. testament to you actually taking action and making a direct effort to improve your life. So I give you huge credit and admiration for doing that.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I really appreciate, the, uh, appreciate your interest in what I have done as well because um, that means a lot. Yeah, you're, you you obviously genuinely care about getting the story across to people. So we need more people like you in the world, man.
0: Oh, thanks very much. So, yeah, all the very best for the future, Sam. And uh, when the book comes out, I'll definitely be ordering it. Good, man. Much appreciated. Take care, Connor. Cheers, Sam.